This podcast is brought to you by Labyrinth Marketing, an award-winning strategic marketing and capability consultancy passionate about step change in the growth of brands and agencies by setting long-term strategy and supporting empowering the people behind the brands and business to bring these plans to life through capability programs, training, coaching, mentoring, and providing extra resource. Hello, and welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. is an area of soft skills or also an area of personal development. It's bravery. And shortly we'll be welcome my today's guest, Gemma Greaves. But before we do, let me talk about why I believe bravery to be so important. Bravery can be defined as having the mental or moral strength to face up to difficult or challenging circumstances or things of which we may be afraid of doing. Being brave means listening to your fearful voice and then stepping into the fear. Why is it so important? Without bravery, we are less likely to face into the challenges head on. We are more likely to shy away from those new market or growth opportunities due to the fear of not knowing how to address them or having an internal fear of failure. Your brand or business growth depends on you being brave and moving forward and acknowledging that fear and doing it anyways. When we face into our fear, we face into the challenges that allow us to win in market with our consumer and customers will enable you to drive forward with initiatives that aren't guaranteed to win and embrace there may be a possibility of failure, but more importantly, a learning that may come as a result. We never fail. We either win or we learn. You continue to move forward even when you've experienced a fearful internal dialogue. And most importantly, you're adopting that growth mindset because you are stepping outside of your comfort zone. And as we all know, growth only happens outside of our comfort zone. Today's guest is no other than the wonderful Gemma Greaves. As co-founder of Nurture, a black book business that at its core is built on the principle that big relationships drive growth, and founder of Cabal, a hand-picked club of curious people. Gemma is a relentless connector of people and ideas. She's always looking for ways to create experiences to drive change, driven by her fundamental belief that if you bring good people together, good things happen. Gemma is all about being brave. Through her previous role as chief exec at the Marketing Society, she led the expansion into the thriving global community it is today. Her proudest moments were spearheading the brave agenda that led to the global movement whereby creating safe spaces, taboos were tackled, boundaries were pushed, and together as a community, they had bigger impact. Alongside her business, she is honoured to be the first female president of the Solus Club in their 90-year history, and her world revolves around Joshi, a fascinating six-year-old. Gemma, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me, Abby. As you know, Gemma, we always start with a big, juicy question. And today's big juicy question is, what is bravery to you? It's a really difficult question to answer because I think bravery is is different things to different people. And I remember when I started the thinking around having a brave agenda when I was back at the Marketing Society and speaking to a few friends who were in a creative agency. And they said to me, we're not brave as an industry as marketers. Um, Brave is going to war. Brave is climbing a mountain. And that really made me think and question what I thought was brave. And actually, I disagreed with my lovely friends who completely respect and understand where they're coming from. Yes, bravery is climbing a mountain, going to war, doing all those incredibly brave things that we would see as brave. But for me, bravery is also being the lone voice in a room 
being prepared to be unpopular standing up on stage for the first time in front of lots of people and you've never done that before it's being prepared to not agree when everyone else is agreeing it's those small acts of bravery every day that take us outside our comfort zone that I think is what bravery is all about and I think bravery starts with being yourself and being your true self and your authentic self and that means showing vulnerability and I personally believe that it's only when you really show vulnerability and are vulnerable that you can truly be brave. And that's why I champion and everything I do in life is to ensure that I'm being me and to encourage others to be them. It's kind of my mantra in life, be you so others can be them. And that's where I think you can start to be brave. And I promised I wouldn't waffle on answers. And that was quite a long one, but hopefully <laughs> answered the question. <laughs> It answered the question and I love what you say there about the bravery to be you so others can be them because I think vulnerability is such an important skill that anybody in business, let alone marketers, need to possess because without vulnerability, relationships can't be built and without relationships, we can't make things happen. We're not going to deliver the growth in the market or bring to the world what wasn't there before. So that really resonates exactly and it's only when you're yourself that you build trust and it's only through building trust that you can build big relationships so if you're not your authentic self then you won't make meaningful connections which is what I believe makes the world go round when you connect and feel connected with people I couldn't agree more and I always say by being you means that you bring something to the world that wasn't there before I love that. We're all unique. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Yeah, I really like that. I might steal that one. Steal it with pride. (laughs) Steal it with pride, Gemma. It's all yours. It's all yours. (laughs) And the other element of what you said that also resonated is, I completely agree with you. I don't think bravery is about going to war or about climbing mountains. I think almost for me, that may be something entirely different, maybe an area of resilience. I think for me, it is about taking daily action. It is about, you know, as a marketer, having find that opportunity in the marketplace or an unmet need of consumer and not just having identified it but actually taking the action to do something about it. I think there's too many that sit comfortable in what they know but don't step outside that comfort zone to make it happen. Yeah no I couldn't agree more. What I always talk about is it's it's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and creating spaces to have conversations that matter that help us all as, as humans as well as marketeers. And that starts with being yourself. That starts with accepting that being yourself means it's okay not to be okay, which Ruby Watt said at one of our events many years ago, and it resonated with me so much. And that's part of being vulnerable as well. You know, I grew up in a world where, you know, when you went to work, you were meant to show up as your shiny self and when you ask someone how you're doing you're meant to absolutely fine how are you brilliant yeah all all's wonderful with the world whereas we know that's not reality and the minute you create a space where people can can truly be themselves and say actually no I'm having a bit of a rubbish day then others go oh yeah me too what's going on and then you start to have much more meaningful conversations about things that matter and for me that starts with being brave and encouraging others to be brave. So having those open, honest and meaningful conversations is definitely a part of bravery and a skill that 
marketers and anyone, to be fair, in business need to be able to possess to build those relationships. Why else do you think bravery is such a key skill for marketers to possess? I think for so many reasons. I'm not sure I think it's a skill, first of all. I think it's more of a behaviour trait. And it's, a, it's something that we can learn 100%. And it leads us to having lots of other skills. But I'm not sure I would class it as a skill. I'd class it as something that is necessary to really, um, truly achieve you know, what you want to in life. But I think bravery in from a marketing perspective and just the general perspective, it pushes us to challenge our thinking. It allows us to think about different creative solutions. You know, if we all stayed with the status quo, we're not going to get anywhere in life. And I think as marketeers, being able to go against the norm, being able to look at the bigger picture. So not just selling your product, which is incredibly important, but actually the responsibility we have as marketeers, given we're the voice of the customer and at the heart of many businesses, we've got an opportunity to really, really make a difference. And I would argue not just an opportunity, a responsibility as marketers. So using the voice of the customer, using our marketing to tap into humanity, because that's where true connections are made. And that is where you will start to have a much bigger impact in your marketing. As someone that I respect hugely and to become a dear friend said to me, Mitch Oliver, who at the time was was very senior at Mars. She's still very senior at Mars. She's in a different role now. But when she was looking after all the marketing campaigns like Maltesers and various others, she said, "If, if we're not brave, we become obsolete. And I truly believe that. And I think that we won't challenge what needs to be challenged and we won't be able to start making the change that needs to happen and the only way that can happen is if we step outside our comfort zone and that might be small acts of bravery every day but it's only when you step outside your comfort zone the true learning happens and the true change happens so yeah I think as marketeers we've got a real responsibility to use this power that we have to the customer and the voice we have to the customer to have a bigger impact over and above what our day jobs are. And I think the best marketing campaigns are ones that have used that privilege for good. Couldn't agree more. You know, I believe that marketers should be the ones that lead that long-term commercial agenda, but should really step into their power and be those change makers that make a difference, that dream the big dreams, that think about where we can take the organisation and the business, the brands, but also how with purpose we can do that for the greater good for society as a whole. Yeah, exactly. And as marketers, we're uniquely placed in, yes, as the voice of the customer, but also drivers as growth at the forefront of innovation. But also as marketeers, you know, to be a marketer, you have to be skilled at so many things. You have to wear lots and lots of different hats. You have to understand how to communicate with other stakeholders within the organisations. You have to understand what excites your CEO. You have to understand how to lead teams. So using those skills to move things forward, move marketing forward, I think is absolutely essential and something that we need to do as an industry and we need to do it more. For those that are listening saying, yes, I want to step outside my comfort zone. I want to lead that change. I want to do more, do better. What advice would you give them to develop their behaviour around being brave or braver? Well, it starts with, and we talked about it earlier, but I truly, truly believe it starts with being yourself, being your real self. And that means showing your whole self, 
which means it's not all rosy, but that's okay. That's brilliant because that is when you will encourage others to be exactly their selves. And that's where the the great stuff happens. And it's only when we're ourselves that we can ever hope to be our best self. So I think it absolutely starts with that. As leaders, as marketing leaders, I think it's about creating a space, creating an environment where there is real psychological safety, where people feel that they won't be judged for either making a mistake, failing at something, disagreeing with the norm, but where they feel that they can take part, they can contribute. And it's okay if it doesn't go quite right because next time it will and that's the only way that we'll truly succeed if we accept that sometimes we will fail and it's through adversity we learn so much so I think having that psychological safety is absolutely paramount as marketeers and as as business people generally you know if you believe in something go for it have the courage of your convictions it's a saying that it's been overused but feel the fear and do it anyway I truly believe that I think it's about how you show up. And I think the only thing you can control is how you show up. So think about how that is. Be a radiator, not a drain, a mood hoover that encourages other people to feel the lack of energy. Be somebody that um, encourage others to have energy and therefore together you'll achieve some really good things. So I think it's all about the, the way you're being, the way you show up. I think it's also about going back to the status quo, thinking about what you believe in, what's important to you, and as marketeers, how you can use that privilege to make change. So through those small acts of of bravery that challenge our thinking, that's where we will get the innovative solutions. That's where we'll get the great campaigns and the learning that can spread through the industry so we can all be that little bit braver. As you were talking, Gemma, one of the things that I have written down and circled is Mm -hmm. psychological safety. Because I truly believe there's a lot of marketers out there that don't feel psychologically safe, that if they did speak up or share their voice or change processes or change the orientation of a business, that they don't feel that they can do so without risk, whether that's to their role or in their reputation. What advice would you give to those who are either trying to build psychological safety for their teams or for their function, but also for those that are in organisations where they don't feel that they can speak up yet? So I think that's a really great question. For the individuals, if I start with that, I think go for it anyway. What's the worst that can happen? It's only when you stand up and have the courage of your convictions and are prepared to show what you believe in that you'll make change and good things will happen. And what is the worst that can happen? A friend of mine who I interviewed a while back in Rome on stage, Ellie Norman, she's just left Formula One as the CMO. She said, my attitude is, does it what's the worst that can happen? Does it make me pregnant or will it kill me? And if it doesn't do either of those things, I'm going to go for it. (laughs) And that always just really struck me as just a brilliant answer. And I I just genuinely believe what's the worst that can happen? Okay, you might get fired, but why are you going to get fired? A, you're not going to get fired. You wouldn't be able to in this day and age. But also, you're not going to move anything forward unless you go for it. What I loved is when I used to host the Marketing Society Awards as part of my job and the judging of that. I'll never forget reading one of the entries from someone that said, I want work so brave that it can get me fired. So for the people within teams that are scared of what could happen if they step up. As I said, I think first it's, what's the worst that can happen? And second, are you in the right place if you're fearful of saying the wrong thing? 
because surely when you're in your career, you should be able to be yourself, stand up to what you believe in and go for it. So I would question both those things. And as a leader, in answer to your second part of the question, it's so important that the leader creates that psychological safety. And I think the first step of that is the leader being really aware. You know, there's a a brilliant thing that a friend of mine taught me, concept around impact felt, impact intended. Steve Radcliffe, who wrote the book Leadership Plain and Simple, I was lucky enough to do some coaching with him back in the day. And he said, you know, as a leader, you often don't realise the impact that you can have on other people around you. Most of us intend to be great. Most of us intend to be positive and to help people grow. But often the impact felt is very different. It can be demoralising, it can be demotivating, it can lose confidence. So as a leader, think how you're being, think how you're showing up and ensure that everything you do is about helping your team grow, helping your team be better, because together that's where you'll deliver and achieve the best results. And I truly believe in that. And I think part of that is, and I did an event on it the other day, the power of feedback. Feedback's a gift until it's not. (laughs) Feedback's a gift if it's given from somebody that you want feedback from and given in a way that is useful for you and given in the time where you're in the right headspace to receive it, (laughs) then it's a gift. (laughs) Yeah. And also if it's given with positive intent, if you know feedback is given with positive intent because, and I really love the radical candor model where you know that someone cares and they're challenging directly to help you grow, then it's worth listening to the feedback when it's the absolute opposite of that because people don't care and they're not really trying to challenge you to help you grow then I think it's really fine to leave that feedback on the floor (laughs) thank you very much accept it it's time to put put you in the feedback furnace which is a great term that a friend of mine Nikki Kemp coined recently and we were talking about how sometimes feedback just needs to go in the furnace but feedback can help you grow and it's absolutely brilliant and a leader using that in the right way with their team is a really magnificent tool to help people feel safer and also on the side of team member to be able to feel confident enough to be able to offer feedback in that 360 way as well but again from a positive intent and this all comes back to everything we're talking about is if you have trust within your teams if you have a safe space where people feel they can be themselves where people feel they can flourish where they feel it's okay to fail that's when you will achieve great things together and I think that's what it's all about. I couldn't agree more and you know with the point of feedback I often will say to people often in a coaching or mentoring session who are dealing with the aftermath of a belief system maybe even a limiting belief system that has been formed because someone has given them a piece of feedback and I often say that feedback is any two people's belief systems meeting each other at any given time you know their expectation of what you should be doing in a certain situation based on what somebody else's belief system has told them that they should be doing, meeting your belief system around how you have approached a certain situation. And often I will say, you have to really think about that person that is giving you the feedback, what they believe is their own definition of success or, or the way in which you should be doing things. And for you to then 
subjectively think about, is that helpful? Is that useful? Otherwise, you are then moulding and carrying belief systems around what you're doing or not doing well, which is just around how somebody else would do something, not to say that the difference isn't a positive thing also. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think it it comes back to being positive and showing up in the right way and having a mindset, if you're giving feedback, that you want to help others grow. Mm. And as long as you do that and you do that in a caring way, then that in itself is incredibly positive and incredibly important. I couldn't agree more. And I love that analogy of the feedback furnace. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it got said because the event that I was doing, and this is where, you know, did feel brave and it certainly felt vulnerable. I stood up in front of 400 people to host a fishbowl, which doesn't involve fishes. It's where create a safe space to have big conversation about things that matter with pretty much strangers and talk about things that you wouldn't usually talk about behind closed doors so it's my role as the host to create that space that feels really comfortable to have these uncomfortable and quite personal conversations so in order to do that I had to share a very personal story that really rocked me and when I was talking to Nikki about it prior to the session she said well, that feedback goes straight in the furnace because it wasn't given with positive intent. It wasn't given with any caring or any trying to help me. It was anonymous feedback scribbled on a piece of screwed up paper, which, you know, it was the thing that I might have been a million other positive comments, but it's the thing that I completely focused on. And so when she said, you know, that can go in the feedback furnace at the event, and it was brilliant because one by one, people shared so many stories of times where feedback has knocked them and they nearly didn't end up doing that thing that they were going to do so for example a girl was told you'll never be a writer you're too thick well guess what she does now she's a top writer for a creative agency actually turns out she has dyslexia she didn't know that at the time nor did the teacher but the ignorance of that conversation, because again, neurodiversity wasn't something that we felt we could talk about. It's something we felt we could hide, we needed to hide. Whereas what I'm really pleased to see is now through these big, bold, brave, vulnerable conversations, we're now talking about things that matter and allowing us to not have to hide, instead actually use it as a badge of honour and becoming our superpower because it's what makes us different. And that's what happened one by one, people shared. And that in itself is incredibly brave. And so many people that said at that event, I've never, ever spoken in public before, but I feel empowered to do so. And then going for it and sharing their most personal story. And the reason to do that, and the reason I do things like today, and we were talking about it earlier, you know, I cringe when I, the idea of people hearing me, but I do it because if I can share my story and I can share things I've learned if that helps one person it was worth doing and I truly believe that so that's why I'm here today (laughs) being brave (laughs) and Gemma that is what I love about you is that you know you practice what you preach around stepping outside your comfort zone about creating psychological safety with the people in the communities that you curate you know about creating great experiences that people can drive change you know you do practice what you preach in an authentic 
credible way and by mm-hmm. sharing your vulnerable stories to allow others to relate and connect with you and with others. Thank you. That's so kind. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me because it's not easy. It's not easy getting out there. It's not easy going on that stage in front of 400 people knowing that everyone's got an opinion and, um, you know, you might be judged. But the thing is, if you don't live in the arena, and one of my favourite quotes is the Teddy Roosevelt quote, live in the arena, the man in the arena. If you don't live in the arena, you're not going to make change. You're not going to be able to do the great things that you want to do. So I choose to live in the arena. And that's not always easy, but it's personally the only way I think that we will have a bigger impact. And that starts with being brave and being yourself. Reflecting on feedback and that feedback furnace and other (laughs) possible lows, I would love to hear more about your career highs and lows. So I've had some interesting career highs and lows and an interesting career journey. And definitely like our friend Helen Tupper, Sarah Ellis talk about a squiggly career I started in a placement in iChannel Marketing, which is really interesting because I'm now helping build a partner marketing community. Um, So I'm going right back then to 20 years ago. But when I started there, and it was a really great job, and I learned a lot, I was interested in what everyone else did around me. I always have been. But also what cars they drive. So I said to one of the colleagues one day, I said, I want to drive a car like that one day. And they said, oh, you'll never get that in marketing. You need to be in sales. (laughs) Which is not true at all. And I've learned that since having a very lovely career in marketing. However, back then I was much younger. So I was like, oh, let's try sales. So after the placement and the time at IBM finished and they were very kind and and offered me to stay on, I was um, determined to go into sales. So ended up randomly on a bread magazine. (laughs) (laughs) called British Baker, which is a wonderful title if you're in that industry. But honestly, someone that thought they were going to be in the movie, in the film world, that was an interesting (laughs) area to end up in. But I believe after two years in that role and learning so much that if you can sell to bakers and machinery makers, you can do anything. So that was an experience I learned so much from and went on to do some really, really interesting jobs, all of which had a real kind of consistent theme. It was about building partnerships and creating collaborations to make things happen. And that's kind of my mantra in life. You know, you bring good people together, good stuff happens. All my jobs, I've been lucky enough to, you know, lead that in some way. So when I ended up in an agency, where it wasn't my choice, first choice, I think it's fair to say, but it was making decisions based on the economics. I was buying a house at the time, you know, soon to get married. I left a a beautifully gorgeous job where it felt like a real family in another membership organisation. And that's been a real passion of mine throughout my career is, is membership and community building. When I left that lovely world, to work for an agency because quite frankly the salary was better it felt like maybe better career prospects etc and the headhunter convinced me that this was the way to go I knew in my heart of hearts it wasn't my gut instinct told me this is the wrong move but for many other reasons like I've just described I went for it anyway worst decision of my life it lasted six months there to a point where I kept on crying on the train on the way home and my then boyfriend who's now my husband said what is happening and I said I'm just so unhappy and he said to me get out this is not worth it and I remember saying to him at the time 
I've lost all my confidence. I don't know what I'm good at anymore. Maybe I'm just meant to start, you know, making a family. And that's what my role is. Now, that's a wonderful role if you choose that to be your role. But I was always very ambitious and very career driven. And this job had literally sapped the energy from me. Back then, I was, I was what, 26, 27? And I really thought that that was the end of my career. I remember phoning, this is a real career low. I remember, and this shows shows my age, I remember phoning the talking clock and the talking clock clock sponsored by Accurus will be 5.23. And thinking, I have seven minutes left of this hell. <laughs> anyway, I got out of that role without a job to go for two. And that was absolutely against everything that I'd ever believed I always believed you had to be in another job my parents had a really strong work ethic but I was so unhappy and that's where I found the marketing society so I generally believe in serendipity the marketing society came knocking about two weeks later and I spent you know over a decade of my career there where I started as marketing manager and finished as and left there during the pandemic, I might add, but left there as as their chief executive after leading the global community and creating and spearheading the brave agenda there, which is definitely one of my absolute career highs. So it takes you right from low to high there. <laughs> and I'm sure there's many people listening resonating with a job that they were clock watching in and a job that I always like to have the analogy of crying in the toilet, you know, when you're just like holding it in and you have to go and let it out somewhere, but you don't want anyone to see you let it out. So off you go, you know, like your tears on the train. To anyone listening to this, it's not okay to be constantly crying in the toilets. I think it's given as part of the role in marketers that at times that we feel completely frustrated with our board or with our peers or with driving the change that we have to let it out. But, you know, crying on the way home or dreading going to work or you know d any of the above and I think this comes back right to what you talked about at the beginning Gemma around the bravery to in this case to leave that job even without a job to go to and that the belief that greater things are around the corner and, and in that case for you that perfect opportunity that has allowed you to shine and do what you are passionate about and what you are great at and so for those that are listening that are in a job that they are doing all of those things in if this ever is a podcast for the bravery to take action, then hopefully that this is it. Yeah, absolutely. And life's too short. And I think it's really important to find what you love. And it's only when you find what you love that you'll be happy. And importantly, also, you'll be truly great. And I refer to another quote. I'm a bit of a quote person. Steve Jobs said this in his Stanford speech. It's only when you find what you truly love that you'll be truly exceptional. And I believe that wholeheartedly and I wasn't truly exceptional for that agency and they weren't truly exceptional for me so I found what was which ended up being the marketing society where we achieved some incredible things together which I can now be very proud of I also left there without a job to go to but in a different way in that I was very ready to start my own business and to start being brave and practice what I've been preaching all these years and going for it anyway. I didn't intend there'd be a pandemic right in the middle of it, but that's another story. <laughs> Good old pandemic. Oh, indeed. So Gemma, thank you so much for your time so far on today's podcast. We always finish with the following question. What one piece of advice would you give to marketers of tomorrow? Without sounding like a broken record, I would say live in the arena. You know, go for it, be brave, feel the fear and do it anyway. 
Yeah, if you believe in something enough, there's a reason you believe in it. Don't take no for an answer and live in that arena because it's only when you live in the arena and you accept there will be failures, there will be adversity, but there will also be great things that will happen and that's where the change and that's where the impact will come from. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. And obviously that all comes with the main, main thing that I can ever say. And I wish I'd have learned this earlier in my career, but be you and be you so others can be them. And that's where you will achieve amazing things together. (laughs) Such great (laughs) advice. And thanks again so much for your time. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Abby. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Whole Marketeer podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do click follow below for more weekly podcasts. The Whole Marketer book is now available in all good bookstores. And to find out more about how Labyrinth can support and step change the growth of your brand or agency, go to www.labyrinthmarketing.co.uk. Thank you.